are minutes away from the butt drop. Minutes away from legalization right here in Canada. These are the sights and sounds of history in the making, the end of pot prohibition as we know it. Cannabis parties erupted across the country, including a bud drop at the stroke of midnight with revelers ringing in a new era. In Toronto, this was followed by a wake and bake that lasted all day on Queen West. This is a big day for the city, so why not come out to a place to celebrate? And here we are today in this surreal moment. So I started uh, using cannabis because uh, I have a sciatic nerve problem. And so I started just doing it like to be able to sleep at night. And then from there, it became a little bit more recreational. What does this freedom feel like to you? Uh, overdue. October 17th, 2018 is a day that will go down in the books. We're now the first G7 country to fully legalize cannabis. Canada now has the massive responsibility of leading the way on this. First mover advantage. Welcome to The Legal Podcast. I'm City TV reporter Shauna Hunt, and everything recreational weed is now my beat. Since Justin Trudeau was elected three years ago, I've been covering many aspects on the road to legalization and what a trip it's been just getting here. Now that you can spark a doobie, hit the bong, or sit back and relax with a vaporizer, who knows what this actually means for our country. Good or bad, we're about to find out. But let's be real. Recreational weed is nothing new. Millions of Canadians use it on the regular and have been long before the beatniks and hippies brought the cannabis subculture out of hiding. Activism here in Canada has been going strong for decades, and those passionate about the plant became this way for a reason. If you've ever been to Toronto's iconic Queen Street West, you've likely walked by Friendly Stranger. It's been here since the early 90s, and it's hard to miss. The window displays showcase blown-up artistic photos of big green buds with a good-looking hipster guy modeling a pipe as though it's the new fall fashion. On entry, the lighting dazzles, making every herbal accessory sparkle. Somehow, this store makes cannabis seem classy. The people working here certainly live up to the name. It's the complete opposite of a dark, seedy, grungy hole in the ground you might envision when you think head shop. In fact, I've been firmly corrected, this place is no such thing. It's a cannabis culture shop. There's a big difference. There were a few parts where she was just a little, and none of that made it to TV. And I no, was like, no, no. She was so good, though, and she explained things so well. Everyone was so impressed. And she goes... I recently sat down for a cup of coffee to chat with co-founder Robin Ellens. He takes me back almost 25 years to the beginning of this landmark business and tells me how smoking a joint with the wrong person when he was 21 years old changed the course of his life. So back in 1994, I was 21, I believe. I'm pretty sure I smoked with somebody I shouldn't have smoked with, an undercover officer or something like that in the circle. This was, it was different back in those days. And they did come into my house and go through my house and found a joint and charged me with possession of cannabis for a joint. So that was an eye-opening experience. And I think definitely there's a lot of passion that comes out of that um, being told by a judge to keep the peace for six months. I'm not even a bug squisher or a litter bug, and I'm standing in front of a judge going, well, what do you think I've been doing all my life? 
Having done some research after that as to why this plant was illegal, couldn't find any good reasons, decided that we needed to change that. It didn't make sense for young people to begin a criminal record. So uh, what, what can we do to make that change? Networked with a bunch of people, found out uh, about the environmental benefits of hemp and uh, found that that was a great way to kind of step around the marijuana issue and deal with the cannabis issue publicly. So we started the Canadian Hemp Association. We worked with Joe Strobel. We got the license in place so they could grow the first hemp in Canada. But for us, it wasn't enough. It didn't satisfy the fact that, you know, you could still get a criminal record for smoking. So we thought, hmm, what can we do? <laughs> so we were vending on Queen Street West. We used to carry stuff down to the street. We had hemp products and uh, literature that we'd take and you know, talk to the public about it. And then it would rain and it would be miserable. So we thought maybe we should move this inside. We ended up with a 200 square foot space on the second floor, uh, just across from where we are now and uh, opened the store in 1994. And it was like having a finger in the dam. We had no idea what we were in for. And cops didn't like you setting up shop either. We were okay for the first couple of months. We did a very brisk business when we first started. People came running in to see what it was all about and voiced their opinions and of support for us and uh, you know, make sure they got to see what we were doing before it was gone because they all thought we'd get shut down. And that's when the police came in. They came in about two months later and uh, said, ooh, you can't do this, you can't do that. And honestly, at that time, the biggest concern was information. Books about growing cannabis were illegal. You, you can't sell those. And we're like, well, that's freedom of information on behalf of the author. What people do with that knowledge, if they break the law, would be criminal. But the book can't be criminal. So we fought that. Uh, somebody else actually took it to a constitutional challenge and got that part of the law overturned. Uh, but 462.2 of the criminal code said it was illegal to sell drug paraphernalia. And we didn't. We sold herbal smoking accessories. Drug paraphernalia as in what? Like Coke spoons, stuff like that? No. Uh, bongs and, and pipes. So that was considered, was considered yeah, drug, drug paraphernalia. paraphernalia. But then our, our approach was always... It depends on what you put in the pipe that determines its use. So the intent of the use was never there from us. We always talked about herbs, never about cannabis. And everybody knew what we were talking about. So it was all <laughs> tongue in cheek. But when the police did come in, that's when we came across the street to City TV and said, Hey, help! The police are trying to shut us down. Which launched a crazy media tirade that went on for almost eight years straight. Now, of course, um, I had to do this. I did go through some of our city TV archives and I dug up some dusty interviews from many, many years ago. Ellen's, the proprietor of the hemp product store Friendly Stranger, is just back from the Netherlands where the Dutch government regulates and taxes the retail sale of marijuana. The reality is cannabis is less harmful than caffeine, it's less harmful than alcohol, and far less harmful than tobacco. And so why is it lumped in with heroin, cocaine, and the rest of it? Because it, it just doesn't fit into that category at all. Still have the same shaggy hair, I have to say, the long, <laughs> awesome, well, thank you. awesome do going on. When you just think back to your younger self and all the advocating that you did over the years, there must have been a time when you thought, you know what? this plant, it's never going to be legalized. Recreational pot, this is never going to happen. There's definitely a, a bell curve on that one. Um, when we first started out, when we got involved with the hemp side of things, <laughs> that progressed very quickly. Within nine months, we had industrial hemp legalized. We're like, okay, well, let's move on to getting the whole plant uh, looked after. And for the first few years, the momentum was phenomenal. And all of the debating 
you know, the good sides and the bad sides, that sort of thing. Once all that faded away, it kind of became a non-issue. And because the media wasn't reporting on it anymore, it kind of started to tread water and we lost the momentum on the legalization side. Uh, and then we had a prime minister that uh, created a very dark environment for cannabis. And at that stage, there's no question. We never thought it would ever go legal. That, that definitely uh, squashed our hopes and dreams. Uh, and then along came Justin Trudeau and the lights went back on and he made legalization of cannabis one of his platforms. It was like, well, where did this come from? What a breath of fresh air. And so the lights went back on and uh, everybody ramped up to embrace it. But I think the funniest thing for us was we spent all those years working towards legalization. I don't think we ever planned for what we would do if it became legal. Right. And now you're like, oh, okay, we got to figure this out now. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I just want to look back and help me understand people like you. You're a, you know, a pot advocate. You dedicate your life and career to it, really, throughout the years. And just why are you so passionate about this being legalized? Why so passionate about the plant? <laughs> she's, she's asking somebody who's exhausted at the moment from this plant. All the, thing, all the things around it and all the things that are going on. Always been passionate about the plant because it didn't make sense to criminalize Mother Nature. That was the biggest thing. Uh, and it didn't make sense to treat this as a criminal issue when it was a health issue. Uh, we were all about harm reduction. But making cannabis or putting cannabis back in its proper place in our society was always the passion. And just the day-to-day -day interactions with the public and listening to other people's opinions and, you know, finding out that there's a lot of common ground there and that, you know, a lot of people enjoy using this either recreationally or medicinally. And that's the kind of fuel that kept us going all these years. I mean, regular retail would have killed us, but because of the passion of the people coming in that we serve and the relationships that we have with these people, it's a joy to do it. Um, how do you feel about the way Canada is going about legalization right now? I mean, you wanted public smoking to be legal and and you kind of got your way with that because at least in ontario you can smoke pot anywhere you can smoke a cigarette that was a huge win it's very interesting too because my next fight was going to be to get cigarettes off the street and now you're be like we because can keep them. well yeah, that was just it it's like well if we can't smoke a joint walking down the street but people can smoke cigarettes we got to get the cigarettes right. off the street and then when it came out with that it was like well there goes that fight and that's a huge win for the cannabis community because there's a lot of people that live in condos that don't, aren't, don't allow smoking mm -hmm. or they live in an apartment where the landlord doesn't allow smoking. And the legislation is going to say, you, you know, you can only smoke in private residences. Well, right. where would they go? On the other so, hand, though, City TV did a, a text poll and nationwide. And I don't know, I think we had 6,500 people vote. 90% were against public smoking. That's interesting. It's brought up some interesting things in my mind. I think uh, cannabis consumers tend to be very conscientious, so mm -hmm. they're not going to be smoking around children or places they shouldn't be smoking. They won't be sitting in the park blazing when there's kids in the like playground. They just, blunts, they just yeah. won't do it. Right. right. The younger element may, but they're not legally allowed to smoke now. you got to be 19 or up. So I think we don't really have to worry about it as much. And in fact, I think they actually said we'll let society sort this one out and it will and I think in a positive way um, my concern is actually when people are finished if they're throwing it on the street like a cigarette butt because then they're leaving things lying around that shouldn't come into the hands of people that would be younger and that could be an issue that's see that's interesting you're right because cigarette butts are littered all over the streets 
We haven't been able to crack down on that yet. I'd like to see big fines for that. But don't you hold on to your roaches and mix them to get... Is, isn't lot, that a thing? A lot of people do. Right. Yeah, I don't right. think a lot of people are throwing things away, but it just crossed my mind one no, day that, true. hey. Uh, safe to assume you uh, you use pot. And how? what's your thing? Like, do you like to, like, smoke it, bong, hit, hits from the bong? I'm trying to be cool here. Wow. Pipe, vaporizer, edibles. <laughs> I've gone the whole gambit with that over the years. There's no question that, you know, a good two-foot-tall, two-inch-in-diameter cylinder was the, the morning choice early on in this game. Uh, as you get older, you tend to naturally require less, and you have more responsibilities, so you end up doing things uh, that are more important than smoking cannabis, and it becomes more of a part of your life than your entire life. Right. Um, so these days, vaporizing yeah. is the way to go. No Health smoking. Health conscious too. Absolutely. Yeah. And the herb goes further. And the herb's so potent these days that you don't need as much. And so it really, it's it's a nice way to conserve. It's it's a more functional high. It's something you can do and actually, you know, work on a project afterwards, as opposed to just sit on the couch and eat chips. So you know. Well, I asked you already if you wake and baked today before this interview. When you said no, there's yeah. a there's a time and place to consume cannabis, and uh, when you've got work to do, you should be going to work, doing your work, and then relaxing and enjoying it. The but same a a the same story. way as you would with a glass of scotch after work. You don't drink it during work. You know, it's, it's the same idea. You guys treat it with respect. Okay, so now that legalization is upon us, I figured that we should probably, you know, debunk some of those stoner stereotypes out there. Well, this will be fun. So I'm going to just blast through a list. True or false? We'll go back and analyze a bit. Stoners are lazy. True or false? False. Stoners lack motivation. False. Stoners are often unemployed. False. Stoners are forgetful. <laughs> false. <laughs> you hesitated. Um, stoners tend to eat weird food combinations. True. True. <laughs> um, stoner dudes can't get it up. False. False. Okay, so let's uh, let's analyze here. So stoners la are lazy and lack motivation. That's got to be one of the biggest stereotypes out there. Oh, that's been going on forever. The, the reality is if you're that mentality to begin with and you're a lazy person, then smoking cannabis will definitely enhance that and bring that out in you. Uh, if you're a go-getter and you've got things to do, you can use it as fuel for your fire. Um, and that's the important thing to understand about cannabis use is the different ways that you consume it and the different states of mind affect its use. So if you want to use it to help you sleep at night, you can. If you want to use it like you would a cup of coffee for that extra fuel because you're working on a project and you need to get deeper into it, you can use it the same cannabis but using it differently mentally. I know people so. who say I can smoke a joint or however they use the, however they use cannabis and then they can just like crush their chores Absolutely. they can go through a list on a weekend and get it done it, there's a <laughs> Does it limit help you though focus? it can totally help you focus uh the other side of that is it can be a little um not inebriating but intoxicating in a sense that you it can shouldn't it, be drilling things yeah, into the certain, wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You'll find yourself. You say you were cleaning. Uh, mm -hmm. If you've taken too much cannabis, you'll find yourself in the back of a drawer organizing a drawer and not working on the bigger <laughs> picture. Right? You're still cleaning. I can picture that. <laughs> just being like hyper focused exactly. on some weird task. Yeah, and off you go on the tangent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, stoners can't hold a job. Oh, let's see. I've held a job for 25 years straight. Um, no, there's. It, Everybody, all walks of life, consume cannabis. You've got doctors, lawyers, uh, judges, you know, bus drivers. Everybody out there uh, that lives a normal life that's employed may 
or may not consume cannabis, but those that consume cannabis, it doesn't affect their employment whatsoever. Okay. Um, stoners are forgetful. You kind they, of giggled at this. I giggled at that one because uh, <laughs> they, they talk about short-term memory loss. Uh, and depending on the strain and how much you've consumed, you can definitely experience that where it's like, what was I, what was I supposed to be doing? It's all still there. You don't actually lose it, but you can be forgetful when you're consuming. Afterwards, after the high comes back down. Wear off? Not, oh, yeah, they wear off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's really only during the initial phases when you first partake. Okay, stoners eat weird food combinations, and please give us examples. <laughs> like the munchies are real, right? That's a real thing? It, it definitely is an appetite stimulant. That's why cannabis works so well for people that have wasting away syndrome and AIDS and that sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, some people just grab a bag of cheesies, but other people will make all sorts of crazy concoctions that satisfy their desire for what they need at the time and I mean back in the day for me our comfort food was uh, craft dinner mixed with a can of tuna and no. uh, and and brown no. beans all mixed together we called no. it celestial gumbo and it was one of those things that it really hit the spot that sounds putrid <laughs> but yeah it was delicious craft dinner tuna and beans yeah oh it's really good brown beans yeah, doesn't matter so, yeah, what oh, kind no, of beans so good <laughs> <laughs> when's the last time you had that it's been a few years since I've opened <laughs> okay. a box of craft dinner. I hope so. <laughs> you know, those days you had rent to pay too. Oh, jeez. Uh, peanut butter. Peanut butter is a good I, one. I wrote a sticky, quote. But your uh, mouth is all dry. I wrote a but, quote down once that you can accomplish anything with enough peanut butter and pot. <laughs> <laughs> is that loud? Should we just pause? That's for ambience. <laughs> good for ambience, yeah. I can see peanut butter. I mean, I, I get peanut butter. It, is it yeah, easy to blast? With a spoon, you know, straight with, with out of the, oh yeah. Put a little jelly yeah, on that. Absolutely. With Ooh, a spoon. Dip, yeah. There you go. Now you, I, you can obviously now blast your bag of cookies, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. It's easy to overeat. I mean, just You can. Yeah. It, it depends on who you are, though. That's the other thing. It does enhance the characteristics that you have. So if you're an obsessive compulsive type person, it can yeah. definitely enhance that. Okay. If you're a shy and inhibited person, it can actually enhance that, too. Does, uh, does cannabis at all affect what might happen in the bedroom? It's been long known as an aphrodisiac. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, I, and that really only works Maybe it's if, the lazy, unmotivated stereotype. Both partners that are plays. consuming. All right. Oh, yeah. All right, but it's an, it's an enhancement. It makes you feel good. And therefore, if you're both in that state of mind, everything is heightened and, and more pleasurable. Okay, so all these movies we see, the Seth Rogen movies, all those stoner movies, those are all based on the stereotypes. They're really just playing up the the facts. That's all Seth Rogen. Well, he's Canadian, so we have to own him, right? There we go. (laughs) (laughs) So when you do get baked, let's say, it's a weekend, you're really just getting baked. What do you like to do? Is it, do you have like a favorite record you put on? Do you like that to be your experience? Is it a TV show? Or are you simply organizing drawers? (laughs) (laughs) I like to do projects without consuming first. So if I'm doing a big project, something I'm designing or building, then I will approach that without having consumed anything other than maybe coffee. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'll do everything I possibly can on that project like that. And then I will sit back, uh, either smoke or use a vape, have a couple of pulls. Ten minutes later, I'll be looking at that project again with another set of eyes, fresh eyes, fresh ideas, all sorts of angles I wouldn't have thought of otherwise. And I make notes like crazy when I'm doing that. It gets the creative juices flowing. One hundred percent, it does. It does. And I find the most effective way to utilize that is to do the project 
as much as possible first before you smoke, then consume and reapproach it. And that's when you see it from another perspective and you get all these extra ideas that you can enhance what you've already done. All right. That's really good advice. Um, if someone is curious, either it's just been a long time since they've used cannabis or they want to experiment with it for the very first time, what is your recommendation on how to sort of ease your way into this? We have an expression called low and slow. So uh, new people, people who haven't consumed in a long time, things have changed. The cannabis on the market today is way more potent than it was 20, 25 years ago. Um, so use less. Uh, give it time. So if you're smoking, it's fairly instant. But if you're vaporizing, it can take 8 to 10 minutes before you feel the effects. So two or three good pulls. Give it 10, 15 minutes before you decide whether you want more. Go make a sandwich, you know, and then decide if you want more. And, and if you take that approach, even with edibles, uh, you have to be careful with edibles. We haven't got to that part of the market yet. But when, when that comes online, uh, it takes an hour, hour and a half for don't the effects to come the on. Whole cookie. Exactly. I swear, don't nibble. do it. Nibble, nibble until you know nibbles. your tolerances and, you know. Because I think you can, you can freak yourself out if you do too much for the first time. I mean, I guess it's similar to drinking, how sick you get the first time you... Same kind of idea. Alcohol. Same kind of idea. The one thing that's important for people to understand in consuming cannabis is that you never lose your ability to make a rational decision. With alcohol, you cross a line, you are no longer responsible for your actions. So there's uh, you can go green when you you're can, using weed. Though. You can overdo it definitely. You can you can have a negative effect, but that negative effect is psychosomatic, and you can talk yourself right back out of it. It's and it, and it will and wear it off. Just wear, relax wears, yeah. and chill and be with good Give friends, and you'll an be fine. Yeah. Well, now that recreational weed is legal. Where do you think Canada needs to go from here on the cannabis front? I mean, the possibilities are endless. What's your vision moving forward? So first of all, there's a lot of things going on. We're, we're legalizing nationally, which is great. We were the first G7 to actually do it coast to coast. That's huge. I think we need to really focus on... Um, how we're doing it in different places. You need stores that are selling cannabis to be educators. They, yeah. they need to spend the time with the consumers that come through, explain the different strains, how they function, and what's you know find what's best for them. So education is a big part of it. And I think what the missing equation is right now is municipalities are left out of this. You've got the federal, you've got the provincial governments doing all of this. But the mayors, the people who are responsible for the municipalities, don't have the tools to deal with this at street level, which is where everything is going to happen. I would like to see a more uniform approach. You know, it's 19 in this province, 18 in that province. You know, they, they did that with alcohol, too. And I understand the Constitution requires that the provinces make up their own minds. But if you're a visitor to this country, it should be the same rule no matter where you are in Canada that governs you so that you, you know the rules that are not super complicated like they are right now. Yeah, they are pretty complicated, but um, so much to happen over the years. I think a lot of restrictions will be, uh, re regulations will loosen. We're hoping so. Do you see um, like vapor lounges and cafes and like actual consumption places too? Is that the next step that... Does that need to happen sooner than later? Well, I think it should happen. <laughs> I mean, you go to a bar to sit at a, you know, a counter and drink alcohol with other people who are doing the same thing. Why couldn't you have a space like that for cannabis? Uh, I think the biggest perception against that is that it's smoked, and so people automatically equate it with tobacco. It's not tobacco. It doesn't cause the same harms of tobacco. So we should be able to have lounges and spaces for cannabis consumers. Absolutely. Okay. Any final thoughts on all of this? 
<laughs> words of wisdom. The words of wisdom. Uh, don't panic. It's organic, I think, is the best thing I could possibly say. People need to treat this with respect. Uh, educate themselves about it. If you're not a cannabis consumer and you're worried about cannabis legalization, then you should really just take some time to understand it and you'll find out that, you know, it's less harmful than alcohol or tobacco. It's the only problem with the substance was the fact that it was illegal in the first place. All right, don't panic. It's organic. Robin Allen, <laughs> thanks for joining us. You're welcome. A special thanks to Robin Ellens for rolling with us on this episode of The Legal Podcast and to Frequency Podcast Network for giving us a home. A big shout out to my producer and partner in crime, Ryan Clark. You can listen to weekly episodes on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com and of course, subscribe to Apple, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us, tell a friend. You can always reach me on Twitter at Shauna City News. That's Shauna with a U. And if you're wondering, hashtag... I'm not a pothead. Talk soon. Next time on The Legal Podcast. Why did cannabis get such a bad rap? There were a lot of very valid documented stories of people consuming cannabis and kind of going crazy. We'll take you all the way back to the beginning of Prohibition and explore how we got here today. 